Hi, I'm Peter Mark Jacobson, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 251 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we have Peter Mark Jacobson. He's going to be joining us. He's the producer for such shows as What I Like About You, The Nanny, and... Currently on Happily Divorced, which is uh, coming up on their final episode of this season. So uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. He's also a writer. He's an actor. He's a director. He's done all kinds of stuff. Peter Mark Jacobson coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So what do you say? Uh, all kinds of things coming up, the Oscars and everything. So it's going to be a, a lot of stuff coming our way, and we'll keep you informed on that. But uh, why don't we get into Remake Madness? It's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Elizabeth Olsen, younger sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, who shined in Silent Hill, will be in the cast of the next Godzilla movie. And the latest Hercules remake has uh, been announced that it will come out on August of 2014 from director Brett Ratner and uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's going to be the star. He's going to be Hercules. And the remake of Ant-Man, going from comic books to film, has a November 2015 release date. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on Oscar and Beyond, we take a peek at what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Jennifer Aniston is joining the cast of Peter Bogdanovich's She's Funny That Way with Jason Schwartzman and Sybil Shepard and Eugene Levy. And Zac Efron is attached to a film in production called The Falling. Efron is also listed as a producer in the project. And Bradley Cooper will star in The Man from Primrose Lane. It's about a crime writer who becomes embroiled in a serial murder investigation. That is it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as sequels? We're taking you down to Sequel City to tell you. Sequel City, well, Sandra Bullock will be the voice of the villain in a sequel spinoff of Despicable Me's Minions, and the film at this time is called Minions. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is now showing a May 23rd, 2014 release date. And you can look for a sequel to 1963's comedy classic, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It is in development, believe it or not. And time will tell if it actually gets made, and we'll let you know if it does. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu.
TV on DVD June 11th. You can get HBO's The Newsroom Season 1 and Season 6 of Private Practice will arrive on May 7th. And you can look for Season 2 of The Dick Van Dyke Show on Blu-ray as it hits stores also on May 7th. That is it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD in April, you can get Gangster Squad with Ryan Gosling. And in July, you can look for a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan III to arrive. And Stand Up Guys with Al Pacino will move on to DVD and Blu-ray in June. That is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... Peter Mark Jacobson comes by, and Peter, of course, he's the creator of, uh, co-creator, I should say, with Fran Drescher of The Nanny and Happily Divorced. Uh, he's also the producer of those shows and What I Like About You. He's been a writer for Who's the Boss and What I Like About You and The Nanny and Happily Divorced. And he's been an actor. He's been in a whole bunch of different uh, shows. And he's a director, too. And he's just got so much to tell us. And uh, we're uh, moving on to the uh, final episode very shortly of the happily divorced season finale so uh, we'll talk to him about that it's all coming up next peter mark jacobson next on on screen and beyond Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is the producer of Happily Divorced. He also co-created The Nanny, and he's also a writer, a director, and an actor. He's Peter Mark Jacobson. Peter, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Wow, I sound important. <laughs> I'm impressed. I want to meet me. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Looking back at what you've done, though, does it really sometimes surprise you? you know, I mean, you've got some shows that uh, you know, they seem to be running on forever in syndication. It, you know, anytime anybody pays me, it surprises me. <laughs> so, yes, it, it, I, you know, sometimes I'll be in another country and a show will come on with a different voice and a, or dubbed or, or with uh, subtitles, and it, it just boggles my imagination. I grew up in Flushing, Queens, in a, you know, very little apartment and mm -hmm. with dreams of, of this someday, like many people do, and... And um, uh, I, I remember sitting there when I met Fran in high school. We used to sit and watch reruns of old sitcoms and just watch them over and over. And her mother used to come into her bedroom where we would be watching them and say, and, and say oh, my God, we're going to have to support these kids for the rest of our lives. <laughs> They're never going to make a penny. So luckily, we, 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 we did okay. I, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yes. Now, now, since you've already started talking about, uh, you know, back in the beginnings when you when you started doing this, uh, what prompted you to want to become a, uh, you know, well, like I say, you've done everything, directing, producing, acting, writing, uh, creating. What led you into this? Well, you know, honestly, paying the bills. <laughs> I, I, you know, those monthly bills come up, and when you're an actor, I started out as an actor and doing TV commercials and modeling along with Fran when we were kids. 18, 19 years old, and, um, you know, most people think that actors make a lot of money, and unless you're a star of a series, 
that runs for many years, you don't make a lot of money. So, you know, you make enough to... Those days we were able to live, the two of us, on $10,000 a year between the two of us. So if we could make that, you know, we'd also put a lot of money on our credit card. But um, eventually I, I was acting and doing a lot of guest stars and things like that, but I constantly thought I was going to get fired and I constantly thought I was going to get written out. and I wasn't enjoying it, and I thought to myself, why are you doing this? Even when you get the job, you think you're not going to stay. Right, yeah. And, for, and I used to, once in a while, I would sell a script idea to an actor or a studio, or, and a friend used to say, why do you do that? You're so much more comfortable doing that, and, you're mo- and you, you feel great doing it. And I don't know, I guess I felt like I didn't want to give up the acting, but I remember I was shooting a Matlock um, as a guest star, and Fran called me and uh, said, we have a meeting at CBS about the nanny, and I said, well, I just have this one modeling gig that I have to do, and she's like, are you kidding me? The president of, of CBS wants to see us, and I was like, you know, she's right. This, I'm, I'm like hanging on to this, but success is coming to me in another direction, and it, a door has opened up, and I would be a fool not to walk through. Mm-hmm. So I walked through, and the rest is history, and um, I'm so glad I did, and, and I'm so glad that uh, I've been able to be much more creative, actually, as a as a producer and director than as an actor. Yeah, yeah. And, and just so our audience knows, um, you've mentioned Fran several times. It, it's Fran Drescher that you were referring to. Yes, my partner and ex-wife and mm-hmm. uh, uh, BFF. <laughs> <laughs> now, getting into that, is it hard to work with a wife or an ex-wife or or what? Because you you know you were you were married at one time and then you were now you're you're uh, divorced. But uh, uh, is it difficult working with a wife like that? I think it was more difficult when we started, because when we started we were working together, living together, sleeping together. Um, we were together 24 hours a day, and the pressures of the television show and and uh, everything. Now we go home separately so we can argue, and then, you know, we know that we're going to go home, we'll see each other in the morning. We don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn to to fight for the bigger things and not the little things, and she wants to wear that, and I don't get involved. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's a lot easier now, maybe because we're older, too, and, and, and you don't have the 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 strength to argue every little teeny thing but um i think maturity and uh, you hopefully gain a little wisdom and if you learn from the mistakes you made the first time um i think it helps yeah and 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 now you're the boss right well we both are oh yeah, yeah well that's true <laughs> yeah. we both are and um uh we both run the show and we both have equal say in everything but we both trust each other we know with our strengths there's certain things she's better at than I am, and there are certain things that I'm better at than she is, and we know those things, and we let those people take care of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, to have someone, I've known her now for, you know, oh my God, it's been 40 years, Wow! and uh, um, we, we've been best friends since then, I mean, except, so we trust each other you know she's the person i would call if something was wrong and i think vice versa so mm-hmm. there aren't that many people in one's life that stick around for that long right you know? yeah so i'm very lucky to have her in my life yeah. and i think she feels the same 
Now, as far as um, uh, acting, was your first step into this, or was there something? My first step into it was commercials. I started doing commercials when I was like 18. I actually did one when I was like six years old. Somebody picked me out of a group of kids and asked me if I'd do a Jell-O commercial. Oh, wow. Yeah, with, I think it was with Bill Cosby, actually. Oh, wow. And, that's even... <laughs> uh, and, and the advertising agency called my parents and said, you know, he's good at this. You should, you should do this with him. And my parents didn't want me to do it at that age. Um, and they said, you know, when he's old enough to do it on his own, if he wants to, that's great, but we don't want to, you know, make a career of this for him. Mm-hmm. And they're probably smart to do that because, uh, you know, a child should probably get into it when they want to get into it and they have the drive to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did that when I was 18. Uh, when I was uh, 16 or 17, um, I started doing uh commercials and modeling and and uh and so did Fran and we used to go into the city and got an agent and um and little parts on soap operas and things like that that were then filming in the city and then she got a job in Los Angeles for a movie called American Hot Wax and we went out there and um we made and she had enough money and I was making enough money in commercials to live there for a year we figured and if nothing happened in a year We'd go home, and uh, but some, you know, we were we were able to pay the bills for another year and another year, and we just kept working as actors for for twenty years basically. Yeah. And then when Fran did a short-lived series called Princesses for CBS, mm-hmm. the uh, reviews said, you know, when will the network learn the show should be called Princess? meaning Fran, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, the CBS put her under a talent deal, which means they do a certain amount of pilots a year, and they would put her in one of them if something right came. But she knew that nothing right would come and that something had to be developed for her. She was too unique a talent, and um, they always wanted to put her in second banana positions, and, but she was always too pretty for those parts. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> she was on on a plane with Jeff Zaganski, the then president of CBS, and basically cornered him because he couldn't go anywhere except coach and say, um, you know, you've got to hear me and my husband's ideas for some shows. And finally, because he probably wanted to go to sleep, he said, yes, you can come in and pitch to comedy and let me go to sleep. And uh, she went to visit Twiggy, the supermodel, yes, yeah. and was taking care of her little girl. And she called me and said, what do you think about the sound of music? And except for I would come to the door, and I said that's a great idea, and we should make the guy a, a Broadway producer, so we can have you know guest stars, and it's uh, put it in New York, and we went in with that idea called the Nanny, and sold that to CBS, and Jeff Zaganski said years later, he said you have no idea how many actresses come to me and say, oh do I have an idea for you, and yours though was you you hit the bullseye. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing that amazes me. I, I hear a lot of different actors and everybody telling me stories about how this happens, and it's like, how do you, how do you even get through the door? <laughs> oh, my God. It was one of those things where the, each door miraculously kept opening. It was such a long process. You, you wrote a script. They liked the script. They bought a presentation, which we turned into a pilot. The pilot tested as one of their highest pilot testings in years. Um, we went on on a Wednesday. It sort of like didn't do, do so well, but in the summer they put us on Monday, and it did so well they kept us on Monday in a prime slot 
their big prime slot, 8 o'clock on Monday, for three years they kept us there. Wow. And uh, so, you know, the gods were with us, the, the planets were aligned, the, the people liked it, they loved her. It was a fun concept. Other countries loved it. You know, it's, it was just one of those magical... You know, I always people say to me, because you put as much energy into the bombs you do as the ones that become big hits. Right, yeah. And um, there's something that is not measurable in our business. It's the magic piece that just happens when all of it, the audiences and everybody just relate to it at that moment of time. And no matter what you do, no matter how you test it, no matter how many times you try to change things, if that magic piece is not there, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? You try and try to recreate it so many times, and it's like, nope, it's, it, 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 it was that, that moment in time. Well, I'd like to take your career in sections because, you know, you've done writing and, and that. So I first want to start off with the writing. I notice here that you also, besides Happily Divorced and The Nanny, you also wrote for What I Like About You. Yes. How did you get involved with that show? Well, you know, one of the writers that I used on The Nanny was Karen Lucas, who's a brilliant, brilliant, funny lady who uh, was one of the writers on Miss Congeniality, was um, after The Nanny I had moved to New York. And a couple of the people, like Frank Lombardi, who were still working in the business at that time out here, hired me to direct, uh, there was a Joey Lawrence show called Run of the House. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it so much that I called Karen and I said, you know, if you're ever looking for anybody on what I like about you uh, to come in on the show, I would be con- interested in moving back to Los Angeles. And she said, she was taking over the show as executive producer, and she said, I would love you to work with me. Had me come in, meet everybody, Joe DiBola a bunch of um, uh, people that were working over it. At that time, it was, I think, the WB, and um, invited me to um, become, uh, uh, I think I was a co-executive producer on that show. And, um, and it was great, because I didn't have to run the show or anything. I just, she ran the show beautifully, and I just, you know, was her, you know, worked under her. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a wonderful couple of years on that show with Amanda Bynes and uh, right. Jenny Garth and uh, Nick Zano. Wonderful talents. So, yeah. The, of, of all the shows that you've written, and like I say, they're big shows. <laughs> they're not little shows. Uh, is there one that's closer to your heart than the other ones? I think The Nanny will always be the most special because it was the first big hit we did. And it was so... Um, uh, still, I walk around and people come up to me and write me and tell me how much new audiences or, you know, young kids today, new countries, there are 12 other nannies out there that from different countries that have bought the scripts and other countries have done their version really, with the yeah. same scripts and there are different ladies and different casts. So, yes, it's uh, that's a very special show in a lot of people's lives, I think. It was um, made a lot of careers and changed a lot of people's lives and, um, and mine and hers and you know, made her huge international star and oh yeah you know and uh it it was uh and it still lives on which is great it's never been off the air for you know since 1993 wow yeah which is pretty amazing yeah i, I would say so jeez now when we look at your other talents that's <laughs> all i can use i mean because you've done so much uh you know you, you mentioned being an actor on uh, Matlock, you were on there, you were on, and of course, you've done scenes on The Nanny. Yes. And uh, now, have you done anything on Happily Divorced? 
Yes, I played a date of Peter's that gets interrupted by Fran, and he said, Peter says, who played the guy who plays me, says to me, um, I, um, you know, I'm so sorry, but this is my ex-wife, and there's a problem, and I'm going to have to cancel our date. I hope you understand. And I say something like, oh, you have no idea how I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, it was a little inside joke for the people who knew it was me, and it was a nice couple of scenes that I did on that show, and uh, um, it was fun to do. Yeah. Um, I also recently did, a, like a year or two ago, I think I did a, a movie with um, Ashton Kutcher called Spread. Mm-hmm. And um, during the writer strike, I think it was a uh, casting director that cast me um, in uh, when I was an actor, called out of the blue 20 years later and said, there's a part on this show, on this movie Spread with Ashton Kutcher that Peter's perfect for. Would he be interested? And I was like, of course, my ego was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'll do it again. <laughs> And uh, then I had to find found out I had to audition for it. Uh, so then I had to go in, be put on tape, meet the director, and I go in, and there's 30 other me's sitting there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm back, and now I know I am not here very often. <laughs> but I ended up getting the part and uh, and uh, got a nice scene with Ashton Kutcher, and uh, he was lovely to work with, and, uh, and it was a fun experience. Is it a big difference being, like you said, now you've been on both sides, uh, and you prefer, I take it, the being on the, the, the producer side, but it, it, is it a big difference between the two? Oh, yes. You know, as an actor, you're a hired gun. They basically know what they want you to do, um, unless you're Meryl Streep. Right. Um, you know, um, uh, and you are hired to do it and, and, and not veer too far off. You uh, um, get a couple of tries at it, and then you go home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... As a producer and writer, I get to choose everything from the costumes, the lighting, to the sets, to everything. The, everything is, you know, on my shoulder. Uh, it will either bomb or, or for, and for, and for and shoulder, um, or, you know, you get the accolades. And, uh, but it's much more creative. Uh, as an actor, it was always like, I always wanted to, like, rewrite some of my lines sometimes and sometimes I did and they liked them mm-hmm. and but sometimes you you know you knew you were stepping on feet and uh, and then you know like sometimes you'd get apart from just a little gesture that you would do I did 90210 once and I remember I did this little gesture in the scene and they all got started laughing and I thought well if I get this part remember that gesture because that's why you're going to get it <laughs> well so many other actors have told me about little things that they did that when they did their audition that you know wasn't required or didn't show it up in the the script that they were reading or anything and then they they got the part because of yeah. that little thing that they did whatever always it, make it your own i always tell actors don't try to be what you think they want because they don't know what they want mm-hmm. including me you have an idea in your head but an actor will come in and do their version of them don't try to be you know a doctor if it says it's a doctor don't try to be a doctor there's no such thing just be you if you were a doctor yeah. there's all kinds of different doctors so just do your most your version of what it should be and you might not get that part but they if you're good and you're funny I'll remember you for something else mm-hmm. but when the people try to be you know what they think they're looking for it's always um, usually a mistake Mm -hmm. always try to be the best you you can be because everybody is very unique and different and if you can bring that uniqueness to yourself that will stick out yeah yeah i I think i can't remember who it was it might have been robert wagner or somebody they they were telling me the same thing that when they tried for a part 
and, and tried to do the part the way they thought it was, they, they wouldn't get it. But then when they just went in, did the part, and figured, okay, well, I'm on to, on to my next audition, and then they'd get the part. Yes, because there's a, there's a, the, the, you know, you don't want to have that air of desperation. Mm-hmm. i got to get this to pay the bills. I always tell actors also, have another way to pay your bills. <laughs> don't depend on the getting the job. It puts too much pressure on getting the job. But when you come in and you're relaxed and you feel like you're actually speaking to someone and not performing, um, you know, that's why it's good for actors to be in class because it keeps them greased so that when they come in, it's not so, so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's more um, just do your job, be it, you know, be that person for the five minutes you get on film. And um, again, you may not get that one, but you may get the next one because I many times have hired people and I don't like to fire people. I very, I don't think, you know, because I've gotten fired as an actor and it's so awful and so painful. Yeah, I'm sure. That, um, you know, because they write parts out and, and, uh, and, or I stunk or whatever the reason was. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm, and a few times, you know, actors in run throughs sometimes clam up a little. They're standing there, they've gotten, you know, 10 minutes to rehearse it really. And then you're doing it in front of a network in a studio and executive producers all staring at you three feet away from you. And sometimes they clam up. We've seen them do it in their rehearsal, and in their audition, and I know they can do it. They just need to build their confidence a little more and have a little more time with it. So I, I don't, you know, many times, sometimes networks and, and studios will say, oh, replace them, replace them. And it's like, they'll be fine, they'll be fine. And, I, and me and Fran don't like to, uh, we always say we don't like to traumatize actors. We've been there. <laughs> so we try to work with them as much as possible. Yeah. Or, or or write it for them to make it as easy for them to do it if we've hired them. Because I don't like people to feel that, you know, it's hard enough to get a job. It's worse to get, it's even, it's just horrible to get fired. From. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you've done parts on shows that you are the director, producer, you know, creator, whatever, was it usually because of uh, you just wanted to do it for the fun of it, or was it because somebody dropped out? Or, or? no, usually it's uh, usually like the one unhappily divorced. We had written this part for, for a guy, and the one of the other executive producers from the nanny who was working on happily divorced, Rob Sternin, who worked on Who's the Boss, um, uh, and have helped with and was with the other um, exec on the nanny uh asked if his daughter could sit in that day as we wrote because she wanted to be a writer and i said sure so uh we were trying to figure out a, in a unique way to this guy this character and she this young girl said well if they want people to watch they should let peter play the part so you know we all looked at her like oh that's a good idea <laughs> you know that would be an interesting way to do it and really it was it was her idea and um or sometimes, I remember on The Nanny, I did a part where I got to fly on a harness. And I always wanted to try that <laughs> because it looked like so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's not so much fun, but um, it's, it was 
you know, I got to do it, and that's why I wanted to do that part because I wanted to feel see what it would be like to fly in a harness, and it's so painful. <laughs> I don't recommend it for men. <laughs> Not a fun idea. The now I know why Peter acting, plans right? are played by women. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The glamour of Hollywood, right? Yes, ouch. <laughs> uh, when you direct, yeah. um, like I say, you're swapping hats all the time. When you're directing, do you tend to also think producing-wise, too, or, or, or script writing? or? Oh, yeah, you've got to think about it all. You've got to think about, you know, uh, it's easier when you're writing it because you've been with the writers and you know what they want, what they want to see, basically. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a tough director. I make, I make actors rehearse. Um, a lot of directors, when they come into sitcoms, you know, the actors can play with them because they, they're a little scared of them, I think. So, they, you know, they don't like to rehearse that much. But I like for actors to rehearse and find new things and, and go over things a few times because it makes, their, I feel it makes their performances a lot fresher when they do it in front of the live audience and they don't have to do it as many times in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I like them to find stuff, and I like them to suggest stuff. I go in with a plan in my head of how I want it done. But I first ask, because, you know, a lot of actors try to, you know, they're like the first day of school mm-hmm. with a teacher. And they, they test you out to see how good you are. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's usual the thing of, like, I'll say, well, I want you to go over to the refrigerator to blah, blah, blah. Then they'll be, why am I going there? You know, and of course, if I don't have an answer, I am screwed. <laughs> so, you know, I always have a reason of why everybody is making a movement. You can never tell an actor just move somewhere because people don't do that. They always go somewhere or do something for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, but I will always tell an actor, do you have a better idea? Do you have a, a more, uh, do, you, do you feel something? Let's try that. You've got to think as a director because uh, of how you're going to film this on camera. You don't want actors too far apart from each other. So you've got to, when you're doing, when you're directing a, a, a television show, it's not like a stage show because it has to be caught on camera. So you have to think of the shots that you're, you're forming as you're directing it. Now, when you're directing a TV show, do you have control over the editing also? Or do you sometimes turn around, direct it, and then... After you see it and it's edited and everything and it airs, do you say, what did they do to, do to my directing here? No, no, no. Well, if you're a guest director, you don't have control. No, you do. You have a cut. You give them a first director's cut. I see. Okay. And then they can change it to whatever they want to do with it. Mm-hmm. If with my shows, of course, I, I have you know control right. <laughs> over the whole thing. So by the end of it, it's my me and friends' choice anyway and the, and the networks. But... I don't think people realize how many people have say in these shows. You have a, you have a studio, and uh, you have a executive producers. You have a network. You have, and all of these people have five people in them that all give their notes on every single line, every single angle, every single. You know, it's amazing they ever get done. So mm. TV Land has been and CBS were great to work with. They were all very talented, and they all had very good notes. You know, uh, so you know they were. It was lovely experience so um but but you know many times i'll get actors oh can i have a part on your show and it's like oh if it was only that easy (laughs) you know it's uh i and the nanny it was a lot easier because at the time it was such a big hit that they just let us do whatever we wanted to do basically because um they were comfortable with what they, you were doing. We were delivering the numbers. Right. Once you deliver those numbers, they're fine. And once you stop delivering them, 
then it changes. Yeah. Well, I hear so many stories, but about sometimes the studios step in, and it takes the show in a different direction, and then it tanks. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> you know that's that's um, usually when the show's not doing well. When the show's not doing well, everybody comes in with band-aids to fix it mm-hmm. and to get better numbers. And um, usually it doesn't help because it just didn't have the magic that it was supposed to have. But there was a lot of money invested. So, you know, they want to try to make it better. And, and uh, sometimes some of the things that they do are, are wrong. They'll, they'll, they'll marry characters off that shouldn't be married. They'll replace characters will completely change you know things and uh, you know it's everybody's trying to save the sinking ship basically so you know and i guess once in a while it works but usually it doesn't but you know people's jobs are at at stake so you know uh i understand it right yeah yeah now this is the third season of happily divorced Mm. And uh, is there going to be a fourth season? Do you know? We don't know yet. We're waiting to hear. Um, we ju- the last show airs of this season airs uh, next week, which is a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, but we don't. We have not gotten the official pickup yet. Um, we I guess we should hear in the next couple of months. Now, is that something that they they just send you a note and say, "Hey, you're back on," or or is this do they announce it at the some type of uh, function or well last season uh they, well we took the cast picture the head of tv land uh, larry jones and keith cox told us right there which was really cool oh, yeah. uh, but um uh this season usually what happens is you get a phone call uh from uh, a very great phone call um from the head of the network and uh they say uh you know congratulations we're picking you up for another whatever they are and um and you're like, thank God. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> now, did the, the nanny end because your choice or because the, the networks decided not to continue? Or how did that, what was the deal with that one? Well, you know, the nanny... Uh, I mean, it was on forever. <laughs> it was on for six years. If they left it on Monday night, it probably would have run eight um, or nine mm-hmm. and it kept going. But what happened was at that time in history... Um, the head of the networks changed. Les Moonves came in with his shows and his new people that he wanted to put on the air. Nanny was already on the air for four years or so. And we were their number one comedy at that time. Uh, the only show that could open another night was us. So he wanted to open his Monday night to put the Cosby show in, and he moved us to Wednesday, uh, which we stayed afloat for two years, but they were never able to put a show after us. Um, and so the ratings on Wednesday are never as big as Monday, so mm-hmm. our ratings began to falter. And they said to us, basically, at the end of year five, uh, we want you to get the two of them married. Now, and if that does well, you'll get a year six. It's up to you, or we're going to basically cancel at year five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we wanted to keep going, and, and we we did get them married, and they uh, were huge ratings, so they were right about that, and we did get a year six out of it. But along with that comes, you know, this is a romantic comedy. Once the sexual tension is over, mm-hmm. the series is sort of over. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got another year out of it, but we all sort of knew that would be the last year because 
the whole show was based on them not being together. Right, yeah. And so. it, and you see so many shows do that. They, they turn around, they, once they marry the characters off or, or, or whatever, uh, you know, then it starts going downhill. And then a lot of times they'll try to save it by throwing in uh, a baby. Yeah, that's the next step. And, you know, that's, that's like, you, you can see it nose diving yeah. at that point. <laughs> yes, that's, you know, that's people trying to make a, you know, television is all about numbers. It's all about how well you did that week. Yeah. So that's all they're thinking about at that point. It's like, how much longer can we get this machine, you know, running? Yeah, yeah. And then you get to a point. I mean, you know, we got canceled on the nanny. Uh, if we had those numbers today, we'd still be running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but times have changed now. So, <clears throat> And it drives me up a wall when, uh, you know, as an average viewer, uh, you you have the networks bouncing the, the show around to different nights or different time slots, and it's like, where is it, you know? And yeah. you're, you're so used to a certain spot, and then once they move it, 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 it makes it uh, difficult sometimes. Yeah, you know, network TV is in a in a very strange place because, uh, you know, it, in 10 years it'll be completely different. Mm-hmm. It's completely different now. I mean, you know, they're, the shows get, you know, Four million, three million, two million viewers, and these are considered hits. A lot of them. Yeah. And when we were doing the nanny, we'd have twelve million. Right. You know things like that. There were three networks. Things have changed. Yeah. But you know, along with change comes different networks. Come different. You know, you got ABC Family, which is really what ABC Friday Nights used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, kids watch television shows on phones now. Yeah. Uh, things have changed. You can't live in the. You know, and then you have like a TV land, which. Uh, they are great with people that watch TV the way I watch TV. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you get niche networks, niche television networks. Yeah. And that probably will be the future. You'll just pick what you want and probably pay a small fee for cable or whatever it will, like HBO, and uh, and you'll be able to watch whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And what, one thing I like about your, your show uh, and a lot of the TV land uh, shows is that they bring back a lot of the old actors yeah. that we just, you know, everybody just loves these people, and they may not be working or very little, and then, you know, you bring them on, it's like, wow, this is great. You know? Yes, well, because what people don't realize is the only reason television shows exist are for the commercials. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, and all they've done on, on in now in the last few years is try to figure out ways to get rid of the commercials to, so you don't have to watch them. But they don't realize what they're doing is killing the industry because that is the only reason there are shows. Mm-hmm. They pay for the TV shows. And so if there's no commercial, there's not going to be any television unless you buy programs like HBO. Yeah. So, you know, the network, the advertising agencies, and, and there was a period of time and still is a period of time where they feel that the only people worth, you know, making television shows for are young kids that are going to buy products. They They'll feel that older people don't change their products. Um, and so they, you know, if you're not within a certain age range, they're not interested in producing a show for you. Mm-hmm. But I think they have found that that's not really true. Yep. And I know for myself, I, I'm no kid and I buy new products all the time. Yep. I want to try them. So, uh, you know, TV Land and places like TV Land are smart enough to know, you know, People are still interested in people over 12 years old. Right. People love Betty White. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. You know? And 90 something years old. <laughs> yes, exactly. There are a lot of people out there. And, you know, you don't have to be uh, 23 and perfect looking. 
right. for people to to people to watch you. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a space for that too, but but there's 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 room for everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I just wanted to jump back uh, to your acting. Uh, I noticed on the, the list here that one of your credits is that you were in The New Adventures of Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, that was my first job. That was your first job? <laughs> yeah, it was a teeny part. It was horrible. Really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was a teeny, teeny little part. And uh, But that was the first job I got paid for as an actor. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about it. Yeah. Why was it so horrible? Or can you tell us? I was just bad in it. It wasn't oh, I was okay. just, like I was just bad. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'd never been on that kind of a set before, and oh. you know, I was I didn't know where to look. I, I, you know, but it was I was so happy that I got it and got paid for it, and I got a dressing room, and it was a great experience for me. I mean, you know, I just learned a lot from it and mm-hmm. got better than 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 that. I hope. <laughs> now, is there anything uh, that you have? had the opportunity to take on a show or something, but you decided not to do it and wish you had? Um, hmm. Anything that I got a thing? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that I was offered that I didn't take. Yeah. I mean, you, sometimes you hear people, you know, well, I got an offer to be an actor in Star Wars, but I said no. You know? Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I, As an actor then, I would have done anything just to just to get paid and work but um <laughs> no i think that um i i think i've been lucky enough to work with what i got and um and uh, continuously work so i was i was very happy about that mm-hmm. yeah. well i hope happily divorce gets reissued again for another another season that would be great sure would and uh, i'd like to finish up with two final questions for you Sure. More on a personal side, uh, when you kick back, and it, you know, with all the things you do, it doesn't sound like you get a chance to very often, but when you kick back and watch TV and go to the movies, what are your favorite TV shows of all time and now, and what is your favorite movie or movies of now and of all time? Well, for TV shows, you know, I still think I Love Lucy is fantastic. Oh, classic, yeah. Just a classic that I love. And, um, you know, now I, I'm, like, hooked on this new show called Girls yep. on HBO, yep. which is brilliant, I think. Mm-hmm. And Episodes is pretty great. Um, I think Two and a Half Men has great jokes. Um, I think, um, uh, what else do I watch? I watched uh, some reality because I'm just hooked on it, um, like the Housewives stuff. And I have a friend on, on it, so I like to watch um, um, I like, uh, what else do I watch? You know, I like American Idol. I like, um, some of the competition shows. Um, I love Happily Divorced. <laughs> and, and, um, I, um, I, I, I think movies wise, I was always a huge fan of the sh- movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm, yeah. I just, that was always like my, I can always watch that. I just thought it was so far ahead of its time and it, so imaginative and loved that movie and uh, I, I just saw um, Silver Linings Playbook. Yes, yeah. Um, that was great. Um, uh, Downton Abbey is wonderful. Um, uh, some of the old musicals like Oliver were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a very diverse kind of what I like. I, I, I you know, there's... Good is good. There's so many genres of good and, yeah. and so many wonderful. And sometimes you just feel like a laugh and, 
and 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 can watch Urkel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it difficult casting? Happily divorced. Uh, the hardest role to cast was me, and uh, um, we couldn't find somebody in the right age range. We had some wonderful actors, but they were just too young. And um, finally, um, Michael Higgins came in because he was doing some other job. And the second he read with Fran, we all knew this was the guy to play the part. Mm. And he's so brilliant. He's done so many wonderful roles and movies and stuff uh, that we were so lucky to get him. Yeah, that's great. Well, Peter, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. This has been great. Great. I'm so happy to have uh, spoken with you, and we'll be able to talk about this again next year. Okay. And thank your viewers for watching, and if you haven't watched, please tune in and, and uh, enjoy. Thank you again for the support. Peter Mark Jacobson, want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, what a great guest, and he, you know, co-creator of The Nanny and Happily Divorced. That show is just, uh, uh, The Nanny is just on everywhere all the time and uh, happily divorced it's uh, the finale is coming up season finale so uh, hopefully it gets renewed so we'll see some more episodes of that next year keep you informed on that as uh, we hear anyways want to thank him so much great guy if you are on facebook be sure to like us and if you want if uh, you are on itunes leave us a review we'd appreciate that if you're going to be shopping, be sure to check out onscreenandbeyond.com. If you are going to be shopping at one of our sponsors that are listed there, just click on their ad. It'll take you to their site. You do the shop, your shopping like you normally would at any other time, but we get a little credit for it, and it helps you know support the show, so we'd appreciate that. And yeah, that is about it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.